Design New Podcast, Episode 31. If you are stressed, stretched, and stuck, and ready to take your life to the next level, reach out to me for a free 30-minute strategy call to see what steps you can implement right now to design your best life. Email me at connect at tinamurray.com and let's create your own unique blueprint to lay the foundations for that life that you really want. Are you ready to create the life you really want? Welcome to the Design You Podcast, where I talk to everyday people who know life can be done differently with a clear mindset, positive attitude, openness to growth, and their willingness to take life to the next level. Get ready to design you. Hi guys, Tina Murray here. Today I'm welcoming to the drawing board Dr. John DeWitt. Dr. DeWitt is a Vanderbilt University graduate who earned a full athletic scholarship after his first semester. During his sophomore year, John's best friend had suffered with a nagging ankle injury and unfortunately he had decided to take his own life. John went on to have a professional football career in both the NFL and AFL in the United States and after retiring from football, he earned his Doctor of Chiropractic degree. His friend's premature passing has inspired Dr. DeWitt to learn all he can about concussions and CTE. His ultimate goal is to have a clinic where those suffering with post-traumatic stress disorder, CTE and concussions can come to get treatment via nutritional advice, mental health counselling and chiropractic care, as well as a place for the family of those suffering to get the assistance that they also need. Dr. DeWitt has authored several best-selling books and can be heard on several radio shows, where he speaks on the future of sports, as well as other natural ways to optimize brain function, eyesight, and overall productivity. Join me as I chat with John about what happens after the impact. Hi, John. Thanks so much for joining me on the Design New Podcast. How are you today? I am phenomenal. How are you, Tina? I am phenomenal too. How good is this? Two phenomenal people talking, knowing life's phenomenal. That's pretty cool. It is pretty awesome. Yeah. What are you doing right now to design your best life? I, Ironically, since we uh, spoke a while ago about doing the show, I have decided to decalcify my pineal gland, which is <laughs> kind of an interesting uh, endeavor I have gone into because... Uh, being a, a doctor of chiropractic care, I try to do holistic things however I can. And this is a way to, according to who you listen to, it's a, the pineal gland is in the middle of the brain and the fluoridated water here in the States, that causes it to get calcified. So it kind of closes it off so you don't have quite the use of it that you should. And okay. it um, is basically kind of like the third eye and it's supposed to help with intuition and, and help with dreaming and things like that. So I'm doing some of that biohacking type stuff, trying to see how that goes. I haven't had any meat for a week, which is pretty crazy because I usually have meat three or four times a day. <laughs> and um, wow. it uh, and I'm doing a bunch of drinking a lot of water, avoiding processed foods, doing uh, something called fermented blue skate liver oil, which is from the oceans in Alaska. Skate is just like a, like a stingray. And, um, I guess it's supposed to be super potent, uh, omega three fatty acids in there. And so I'm, I'm trying that and I will check back in later to let you know how it's going. If I'm seeing anything weird, I was actually just watching a video on it earlier. It's interesting because there's actually all the same, um, 
connections to the brain that your eyes have are in the pineal gland. So that that's kind of why they call it the third eye. And there's like different, um, they call them, they're different kinds of cells that generate colors. You can actually take this, some of the things that are inside the pineal gland and, and if you have it and dry it out and hit it with like, like a screwdriver, they were saying that different colors of light will come out. So I'm like, that's interesting, interesting stuff. So just another little biohacking thing I'm trying to do to keep things interesting. And, uh, I've been reading like crazy this last weekend. I read four books. So it, uh, I don't know if that's cause I'm doing the pineal stuff or, or if it's just that I, I'm trying to stay more focused and, and grow and researching stem cells as well for, for football and did a big event uh, last week. That was a lot of fun. And that's what I love doing these shows is because you meet a lot of really interesting people and you never know how you can help each other out. You might be able to offer them something and they might know somebody that might be able to help you out. And it's the people that sit in their little rooms and get on their computers, but don't talk to anybody. And it just, you have to you have to get out there and, and get out of your comfort zone and, and talk to people. Cause you never know, you know, who might be the next person that can help you make your dream life come true. Exactly. And it's interesting because even just something like people understanding more about the pineal gland, you know, like you just don't know where one conversation can take you. Mm-hmm. And I remember years and years ago, I had um, I was doing a trip to Antarctica, and I was having a, um, a, you know, the person who shared the room with me was a woman in her thirties, and she decided that she wanted to go to every continent by the time that she, sorry, which was about to turn thirty, by the time she turned thirty. And yeah. I thought, you know what? Apart from Africa, I hadn't thought about it before, but I'd been to every continent, mm. and so from there, I decided. You know what? Why not? I might as well go to Africa. I might as well do charity work as part of that, which is what I wanted to do. And then this whole thing's opened up for me. We're now a big part of my life purpose is the charity that I'm ambassador to, ambassador to in Ghana. So that was one conversation with someone just about something that she was doing and it influenced me in a really bizarre way. It was just like, yeah, I can do that too. I'm almost there. I might as well just go and do it. Yep. And it opened up a new world. So I agree. You just don't know where one little conversation how big it can actually be. Exactly. And if you're really in tune with how, with your values and goals and what you want and you're open with other people, like if you're on an airplane sitting next to somebody, don't be all shy and don't say anything. You never know. The universe may have put them there for a reason and you talk to them and oh my gosh, they're the exact person you needed to meet. And and if you don't speak up, then you you would never know that. So if you never mentioned that or if she'd never mentioned it to you, you would never have thought about it that way. So it's, it's really important to talk to people. I know it sounds weird for people like us, but there are people that just don't, they don't make eye contact and they're walking around. They don't want to talk to anybody. You got to, you just got to get out of your comfort zone. That's where all the, the, the miracles start to happen. Absolutely. So tell me about some of the miracles that have happened in your life. Cause you've had a pretty, pretty amazing life. I think maybe we need to fill in with a little bit of your background. Oh. So people listening understand where you're coming from before you got into chiropractic. Okay. Well, I grew up in the second biggest city in the state of Arkansas, Fort Smith. I'm sure your some of your listeners probably don't know where that is, but a uh, very uh, rural area. And I was a, a little kid. I was tall, but I was really skinny one of those late bloomers and I um, was on the football team and actually didn't even start on the football team until I was a senior. And we ended up winning the state championship that year, which was very exciting. And I thought I was done with football at that point. I said, you know what? I don't think I'm going to be playing anymore. That's it. I'm going to just go off to school somewhere. And then there you go. And I ended up getting accepted to Vanderbilt university in Nashville, Tennessee, very nice, expensive school, unfortunately. And my parents said, okay, well, we're going to send them your highlight tape 
back then it was the VHS tapes. And uh, we'll go by there and visit and see what they say, and maybe they'll give you a scholarship. And so we went in there. I sat down with um, the head of whoever decides who's going to give a scholarship, and my dad was sitting next to me. And he just flat out said, you're not big enough, and you're too slow, and, you know, we can't give you a scholarship. And it was funny because as we walked out of the office, my dad, like, put his hand on my shoulder, and he's like, I'm really sorry. You know, don't let that get you down. I was like, oh, no that's having just the opposite effect because the fact that he doesn't, he doesn't know what he just did. And there's no question I'm getting a scholarship to Vanderbilt and he's, I have no doubt now. And so, cause all I had, it's kind of like you had, I had something to focus on be like, anytime things got hard, I'd think about him saying that and be like, Oh no, 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 he, he's not right. And so yep. I would focus, I'd be out. I didn't do anything. I, and this is my first year in college when everybody goes a little crazy. I didn't drink any alcohol. I didn't drink any soda. I wouldn't eat any junk food. I was reading my Bible every night. I was going to bed early. And I would get out to practice like 30, 45 minutes early and just visualize what I wanted to have happen. And I would do the very best I could every day in practice. Anytime I had a chance to play in the game, in, in practice, like in a scrimmage or something, I'd do the very best I could. And, uh, after every practice, I would ask the coach if I had a scholarship yet, and it almost got to be kind of a joke. And then I uh, didn't play that year, of course. I was redshirted, and um, my uh, coach called me in for the postseason meeting. And as soon as I walked in, he said, as far as we're concerned, John, you're on full scholarship from now on. And I, I had visualized it so clearly in my mind, and I hear that all the time. You really have to be crystal clear so that you literally believe that it's already happened, that when he said that, I, I almost had an attitude of, well, it's about time you caught up with me because I <laughs> have known this is going to happen. And it wasn't even like a bragging kind of way. I just knew it was going to happen because there was no question it couldn't. And so then I had, my, I had him write a letter to my parents, and I said, okay, I want you to take the, the – the athletic department's uh, letterhead wants you to write a letter to them that says that I got a scholarship and I'm going to put it under the Christmas tree and give it to him for Christmas. Cause this was in November. And so he wrote, um, congratulations to you. John has earned a full uh, athletic scholarship. You must be very proud. We thank the world of him. And so I put in the envelope, took it home, did it on the Christmas tree, just like I said. And once again, they had told me, my parents had told me if I didn't get a scholarship after the first semester that they weren't going to let, be able to afford to have me stay at school there. And so I told them not to worry about it. And then when he, my dad opened up that envelope, I mean, he started crying. He was calling everybody and mom was upset and my sister couldn't believe I kept a secret for so long. And, <laughs> and I was just like, what? I told you I was going to do it. And they were just like, oh my God. So, so it, that was my first experience of really, really, really when you really want something in your life. You really have to focus. If you focus and do everything you can to, to, mm. to get there and eliminate anything that keeps you from getting there, then there's a real good chance you'll get there and you won't always get there, but you'll get a lot further than if you didn't get crystal clear and set those goals. But I also learned something through that when I got my scholarship, I didn't have the next goal set up because that was kind of a really big emotional buildup the whole year. I was focusing that, focused on that. And then I got the scholarship, and the very next season I was starting as defensive end against SMU, and I didn't know what to do. I, for whatever reason, mentally, I just, I was overwhelmed. I didn't know what was happening. And, I mean, just, I played horribly, and the coach after the game was like, did you just, like, have a meltdown? What happened? And I said, I, I don't know. And it took a little while, and eventually I got back into the swing of things. But if you have a goal, you have to make sure you have, 
a goal when you start, especially when you start feeling like you're getting close to achieving that goal, you need to have another goal after that to follow it up. Because if not, you're, you'll lose your momentum. You always have to have some next big thing. But something that Tony Robbins always talks about is you don't want to keep moving the finish line because then you can never celebrate. So celebrate when you get your goal that you have, but that's just goal number one. When you get to goal number two, then you can celebrate again. It's not, you're not moving. You just have multiple finish lines to get you ultimately to where you want to be. And, and I think that uh, is what I learned through that whole process. And then I went on and played with the Houston Oilers and played in, uh, in Europe, actually, with NFL Europe in, in Scotland, which was fun. Played in the XFL, played in Canada, up in Montreal, played arena football. So I played 12 years total of professional football and yep. met a lot of great people and learned a lot of really interesting cultural differences, especially between uh, Americans and, and Scottish folk. They, they like their, their pints there quite a bit. And we had some Australian <laughs> players on the team too, which that was, that was fun. They were interesting. Interesting. Oh, what does that mean? <laughs> well, they, they, they like to have fun and they were very, they talked about Australian rules football and they said, you know, you could break a leg, you just tape it up and get back in there. So yeah, they're very, very <laughs> tough. There is a toughness to that culture, that's for sure. It's interesting with the manifestation stuff. I think the really important point of what you said is, yes, get clear. I think a lot of people know to do that, but I think I've come across a number of people who believe all you have to do is be clear about what it is that you want. But what I loved about what you talked about, you do actually have to work for it. It's not about sitting back and saying, oh, cool, yeah, that's going to come to me. You can be as clear as you want. You still need to start taking the actions. I believe the universe wants us to actually work a little bit towards getting towards it. And also if you are focused as much as you say, it's easy to do those steps because you know what it is that you're trying to achieve. And every time you get closer, it to me, it motivates us to keep on going. Absolutely. And that's one of the things too is if you're – if you're really focused on a goal, then the universe kind of brings things in to help you achieve that goal if you're super laser focused on it. But if you're thinking you're just going to think about it and that's all that's going to happen, then it won't happen. You have to like interact with people because it's going to bring things into your life and you'll be more uh, alert to what you need to do. Like for me, I had to go to the gym. I was at the gym all the time. I was eating like crazy because I had to gain weight. It was really hard to keep my weight on and just constantly struggling and and focused on doing whatever you can so that it literally gets to a point where your brain is like, okay, that's the goal. That's what you want. And here's all the stuff you're doing to get to that goal. So that's when you really start to believe and know that it's already, it's already happened. It's just waiting for the rest of the world to catch up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And just, I usually ask this later, but because we're at it, what is your 50 year plan? So in 50 years time, what would you see where you'd like to be? Uh, 50 years from now, I would like to have a, a clinic in Santa Barbara that has, um, chiropractic care, holistic care, uh, mental health care and, uh, stem cells for arthritis and things like that. Those, those types of treatments, because I want to be a big part of, the Gridiron Greats um, Assistance Fund, which is for, for older NFL players that didn't really make a lot of money that are struggling. I want to be able to help them out and have it be kind of a place on the West Coast for them to go. And then I also want to help out the veterans as well because they have a lot of this of similar uh, PTSD type injuries and, 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 you know, wear and tear on the body. I want to have an office in Santa Barbara. I would like one in the middle states, probably in Texas, and then one on the uh, East Coast as well. And I always wanted to have a house, a beach house in California and an apartment in New York near Central Park. And then I'd love to have a flat in the south of France. After that, I'm all done. Wow. Yeah. 
Well, that's awesome because you are so clear. You can rattle that off. I don't know many people who can rattle off exactly what it is that they want. And that's what I love about you because you are focused. You do know what you want. And you know, that to me is what designing our life is all about. It's about knowing what you want from the inside out and going after it. Yeah, and that's the sad thing is, is a lot of times people, they, you know, they always say, okay, just follow your passion and make your passion your your profession or whatever. And mm-hmm. Or, or know what people just don't know what they want. It's like they don't, they like, they want more money, but they're not specific enough or they want to have something different, but they don't know what exactly, or they don't know what they really love to do. And for that, there's a really great program. Um, the values factor by uh, Dr. John D. Martini. I've been listening to that as well too. And that's another thing I always am doing self-help, uh, seminars, books, audio tapes, because you've always got to have that going in your head because you'll hear it a million times. And then one time you might hear something a little different because you're in a different place in your life. And you'll be like, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize they said that in this. And yeah. it just really helps you kind of focus on what you value because what you value is, is going to make it easier to get to where you want to be. And if it's not in sync with your values, then it's going to be a really more difficult struggle to get there. And that's why I'm trying to well, – or I'm not trying. I am – creating this with the clinics that are going to help out. And I mean, I don't know specifically if they're going to treat those guys for the mental health. I mean, I've already got, I'm already in, I'm in touch with people that uh, deal with addictions. Addictions is a big problem for retired athletes and for veterans. Um, I have a gentleman that, that um, does stem cell injections that he has been doing for, for two decades now. And, um, and so I'm, I've got the pieces that are kind of coming into place already. And then it's just a matter of, getting everything together and, and finding how we can make it happen because there's a really great center uh, called the Eisenhower center in Mich- uh, Michigan. It's in the middle up in the cold area and it's 66 acres, which we can never do out here because that would just be about a billion dollars if you wanted a 66 acre facility. And then they have another one in Florida and they do a lot of the same stuff. And so I just wanted to be kind of a, some sort of version of that on the West coast for the, the West coast teams and for people that yeah. just are kind of, this direction. Yeah. And so how much with a, I mean, a lot of that's about your body and how we work with our body, but as I'm sure you understand as a chiropractor, you know, what happens on it in our head and in our heart is manifested right. out into our, our body. It eventually comes out in somewhat, some form of disease. And how much is working with our brain and how we're thinking and all that self-awareness, how much is that coming into the work that you're doing? Because not everybody's open to that. Right. Well, a lot of it has to do with, um, I read a great quote. I just got another book. It's downstairs, but it's, um, it wasn't Napoleon. I don't think it was Napoleon Hill, but he has, there's a, a 300, it might be Napoleon Hill, actually. It's a 365 day action planner kind of thing. And it has quotes eat for each day. And his very quote for today was a negative mind cannot make positive decisions or positive, take positive action. So that right there talks about how, and it might be a little metaphysical or whatever, and not kind of, kind of woo woo people like to talk about, but if you can't, and Einstein even said himself, you can't solve a problem with the same mind that connected, that created it. You have to look at it in a different way somehow. And that's where the self help and the, and the positivity and the laugh therapy they talked about in The Secret a lot, the, the one lady that had breast cancer, she watched little sitcoms all day and got rid of her breast cancer. So the brain, we literally have, really don't have any idea how the brain works. We know that 
it, there's a lot of neuroplasticity involved where the actual, the actual connections in the brain can, can grow and form new connections. And we just have to associate different behaviors and that'll start to group those, those neurons together. And it makes it kind of anchors it in so that that actually is something that, that occurs. And so if you want to visualize better health, you, you obviously you visualize it, but at the same time, like we talked about, you have to take action and change your diet. You have to, you know, exercise and, and focus and, and be positive and, and that kind of stuff. And it, it's really important, but it starts, it all starts in the mind and you have to really start there and, and kind of be honest with yourself and say, you know, am I really a positive person? And, and, and if you're in a really bad time in your life, there's always seasons, you know, you'll be in the winter sometimes and you're just like, Oh my gosh, I don't know if it's ever going to happen or whatever, but it also, eventually you're going to get through that and you have to have that attitude that this is temporary. Every problem has a solution. And, and that way you keep your mind open so that when the universe does bring that solution to you, you'll actually recognize it. Mm. And how do you bring people on that journey who are, do have walls up about discovering that? That is the biggest challenge. And you have to do it in a way where it's kind of on their own schedule. And we tell people a lot, well, we give them a lot of exercises to do, a lot of nutritional things to do. And they'll come into the office and they've been there for a month, month and a half. And they'll say, I don't, I don't feel any better, this and this and this. And so then we have to kind of sit back and say, okay, well, what, what's going on at home? How are you sleeping? Are you doing all the things we told you to do? And nine times out of 10, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, my mother-in-law had to move in with us and this is this and that and all this stress. And I haven't had a chance to do the nutritional stuff. And, and if they really look in on themselves, they realize, well, they don't feel better because they're not doing the stuff that we're telling them to do. And, yeah. and the, the positivity is that I just really think that's one of the biggest things. And it's really hard or it's challenging, I should say, to be negative or depressed or anything like that. If you look in the mirror just for like a minute, this is something that people in other I don't remember who said that to do this, but look in the mirror and smile as big as you can, just staring at yourself in the mirror, smile really big and tell yourself that you love you. Say, I love you. I love you. And you do that. It sounds kind of goofy, but you can't do that without feeling a little giggly, kind of, you know, funny. You can't be depressed saying that. So that's a nice little trick. (laughs) Yeah. Nice one. And so tell us more about perennial gun. I find when I'm meditating is when I'm there, it's actually quite, I get a bit of pain for what of a better word when that's really activated. Mm-hmm. In, it's, you know, it's not a bad pain, but it's a discomfort and that's, it's a discomfort I understand. So I'm okay with it. But how can we use that and get in touch with that part of our, of our body and, and use it the best way? Uh, one of the ways you can do it is just to kind of be aware because it, it's right around in the middle of the forehead is, is kind of what you are supposed to focus on. It also relates to the different, there's different chakras as we know. And so when in the morning, when you wake up, before you get out of bed, just kind of put your attention on the middle of your forehead and just kind of, kind of just focus on it and be, be aware of it. And if you do that and focus on your breathing while you're doing this, it, you'll start to notice that it feels like it starts to warm up a little bit. And so that, that can be kind of, kind of an interesting thing to do. You focus on it when you first get up in the morning and then also at night before you go to bed. And, and it's a way to really kind of, kind of get back in touch. And if you have problems, if you're not feeling anything, you don't really feel like it's really doing anything, then you need to cut out a lot of different foods that, that are maybe 
preventing that from happening, which can be, it can be uh, aluminum and deodorant that can affect your nervous system. Um, the don't take calcium supplements if you can keep from it, because unless you're eating a lot of beets, because beets are high in boron and that keeps the calcium from going to the pineal gland for some reason. So beets are really good. Um, chlorella, spirulina, those are really good. Those green, green drinks, really healthy, vibrant drinks that helps to, to, to decalcify the pineal gland and, and then to make it stronger and avoid fluoride in the toothpaste, obviously. And, um, and then to make it stronger, you do the really good high quality omega threes, omega sixes as well. And, and the brain is about 60 to 70% fat anyway. And so it's a really fat, it's the most fatty organ there is, but you need that, those fats and coconut oil is a really, a really great way. The medium chain triglycerides in, in coconut oil act as a second, second source of energy for the brain and it can cross that blood brain barrier. So anything that's going to help the brain function better is going to help you get more in touch with that pineal gland and for that inner self. And one of the neat things, the, the lucid dreamings, that's, that's something that you can do as well with the pineal gland when it's, when, it, when it's nice and highly functional. And I did that back. Ironically, I didn't realize what I was doing, but back when I was doing all that with my football, trying to earn my scholarship, I would lay there and visualize and really, really focus. And before I went to bed, I would say, okay, I'm going to be able to control what happens in my dreams, which is what a lucid dream is. And so I would go to sleep. And if you were consciously aware of that and you, you put that out there, that that's going to happen, it is the weirdest, most amazing thing that you will experience because you'll be sitting there and you'll realize you're dreaming. And the whole trick is when you realize you're dreaming, not to get so excited that you wake up, that you're, and so that you sit there and some people do different things. They like spin, they like spin in circles in the dream to kind of keep themselves from not, not waking up. But, um, you can sit there and say, okay, I'm going to fly now. You start flying. You, you're going to talk to, you know, some of your idols that you want to meet. They'll just appear and you talk to them. I mean, it's just really interesting stuff. And that's one of the things too, that some other, um, self-help people and really success, I think it was Thomas Edison actually said that he would, um, sit down in a mastermind group, but, but none of the people in his mastermind group were still alive. So he would sit there while he was dreaming and visualize meeting with all these great people, leaders of industry, and he would ask them questions. And even though he technically was asking himself, each individual person would give them their input on what he, they thought that he should do in this particular, whatever particular case was going on. So I thought that was pretty interesting. I like that. Yeah. I do like that. Getting it, getting the, your own wisdom, but using it through taking the pressure off yourself. Exactly. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Okay. So, what else are you doing now? Tell us a bit more about um, the post-traumatic stress and how um, that and mental health really became important for well, you. Well, that actually goes back. Unfortunately, uh, you know, we all have we all have best friends, and I, my best friend, uh, it was funny because we were competitors. He was on the the rival. Uh, junior high football team. And so we went from junior high, which was seventh, eighth and ninth grade. Then we went to high school, which was uh, 10th, 11th and 12th. And we were in the same school on the same team. And he was so funny because he told me how, how he was all nervous and, Oh my goodness. I, I always was scared to play you. And I'm just like, I was just having fun. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, okay. But he took it so seriously. I was like, okay. And so we got to be really great friends. He, he worked out all the time. And so I would go with him. He was my weight, my, you know, weight lifting partner and, uh, helped me gain a bunch of weight. And then when I went off, he went off and played at the University of Arkansas and I went to Vanderbilt. And during the off season, I would get a weird mental thing for me because I mean, rugby and football, they're, you know, similar just because you're all, you're smashing heads with people 
And during the off season, you're not really doing that as much. And so um, during that break, I would start to lose confidence that that wasn't, you know, I wasn't going to be able to do it right or something. And so I would call him up and he would be like, what are you talking about? You know what to do. Don't worry about it. And so I'd be like, oh, okay. Well, sadly, I mean, he was, what was, he was an all, he made first team all Southwest conference his freshman year. He was just amazing. And his, the very next year he had an ankle injury, so he couldn't really play the way he wanted to up to his level because he didn't want to just be really good. He wanted to be the best to ever play the game. So he always put a lot of pressure on himself. And um, so he was out with friends one night, decided to go home early, and he shot himself in the head and he killed himself. And that – they pulled me out of class at Vanderbilt and took me to the head coach's office, and it was my dad that said, I'm sorry, but he – he killed himself. And sadly, it was one of those things where I was just like, he lived life, I mean, all out. And, and because he wasn't able to do that because of the ankle injury, which is a big reason of why I want to go into the stem cells to help people with, with arthritis and injuries that can help heal them faster. But I 100% believe that he did that because of all the concussions that he had at a young age, when he, even when he was in high school. And I think that's part of the reason that he did what he did. And so I was really concerned about that. And then the movie concussion came out in 2015. And so I was like, Oh my gosh, this is really scary. And then kind of the tipping point for me was I had another friend from in college that I noticed on his Facebook page, he suddenly started like giving away all of his stuff. He played football in Saskatchewan and the CFL. He started giving away all his like stuff. And I, and I called him up and I was like, what, what's going on? Are you all right? Is everything? Cause I was scared because of my other buddy. And, and he admitted, he's like, you know, I, I don't know. I just don't, I don't think right. And I don't know what's going on. And so there's, when it's that close and so close to home for me, I it really, I just feel like it's something that I'm, I'm being called to do and I need to do everything I can. If, if it's raising money for the charities, that's great. If it's actually being able to help them with, with the clinic that we're going to have set up, that's even better because I'll be able to interact directly with them. I actually met Rianne Shirelle is, uh, she had a concussion. She played on the Dutch, uh, soccer team and got hit in the head with a soccer ball and knocked her out for 10 seconds. And she had, she went up to the Eisenhower Center in Michigan. And I met her at a fundraiser for, um, the San Diego Brain Injury Foundation last weekend. And so she's connected me with people and, uh, Junior Seau, he's another one that had, you know, the CTE that, that, that killed himself. And his sister is having her first fundraiser that's really hard for her because she's, very family oriented and, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of tears at this event, but that's on the 31st. So I'm doing everything I can to, to help support however I can until I get the clinic set up and then I'll be able to do that as well. Because when you have post-traumatic stress, it's like you never, it's like you don't trust yourself anymore. It's because you don't, because you don't know what's going on and you're not thinking clearly and you get confused easily and you get frustrated. And a lot of people, you know, have addiction problems because they self-medicate, they drink too much, they take prescription medications. That's really common now because they think, Oh, well, I have a prescription, so it must be okay. And they'll just keep taking it. And I'm like, no, 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 that's just turning you into a zombie. You don't, you don't want that. We, we need to have ways to help heal. I know the K laser is a really important uh, treatment modality that helps people with, with brain injuries as well that helps to stimulate the mitochondria that are inside and, and really help to um, alleviate some of the damage because the mitochondria after a really bad concussion 
they get they sequester a bunch of calcium in there and then they they can't function properly and that's what causes a lot of the chronic symptoms and, and issues as as also um, as well as breaking some of the neuron the neurons themselves they start to break apart because of the calcium buildup so there's a lot of different things I have a supplement as well as well that I came up with that helps to increase the cerebral blood flow um, after a concussion because it can decrease by up to fifty percent for seven to ten days. And if you're not getting blood up to the area, then obviously it can't heal. It's not getting the oxygen and back to the whole aerobic, anaerobic uh, respiration. You're not getting enough um, um, ATP up to the area. And so, you know, the supplement helps with that. And it also has the omega-3 fatty acids to help uh, heal and strengthen up the, the cell membranes as well. So I assume something um, someone like Muhammad Ali would be for people who don't know much about American football and and don't really consider how dangerous concussion is for us. So, you know, a lot of a lot of I know a lot of sports are very aware of it, but a lot of everyday people I know just think, oh, it's concussion, you get over it. But I assume Muhammad Ali would be a great example of someone who's had continuous right. brain injuries and it's it's played out eventually in his life because these things don't happen straight away. It, it, they become more you become more aware of it down the track don't you right exactly and that's why ironically tuesday i'm going in for my neuropsych evaluation for the nfl concussion settlement thing and that's a six to eight hour test that i have to go through so you know i just it's one of those things where i don't want anything i've already did the initial i've already done the initial consultation and it's and it was fine i was talking to the guy about how i wrote a book about concussions and he's like oh i guess you're probably fine i was like well yeah but i but i but everybody wants to know you want to know because if you might not I i don't know and so I uh, am going through that on Tuesday, and it's just uh, it's it's pretty scary, and and I don't want anything to be wrong because people are like, okay, yeah, if you if you have a qualifying condition, which is ALS, uh, Alzheimer's, early onset Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, that kind of stuff, then then you'll get money, and I'm like, yeah, but you have a really bad condition. I'm like, no, I don't I don't want that. So hopefully that'll go well. Yeah, yeah. And so, it's is sport changing? Are we more aware, not of so much of how we deal with it afterwards, but is there in American football is there changes in the way so there is less concussions? Is there more protection, or is uh, it just hard with that? Going? That that's kind of the tricky part because they take it a lot more seriously. I mean, back when I played, unless you got knocked out, you didn't even say anything if you had a concussion, and. Um, now they are, they're like super scared that they're going to get in trouble. So if anybody has any sort of concussion, they're like, Oh my gosh. Okay. Let me do the, take them out of the game. Don't put them back in and do all the protocols and whatnot. But it's not finding out if they've had a concussion. I mean, cause and I've talked to people, I'm a part of the beyond concussion uh, support group down in San Diego as well. And the two ladies that started that started that uh, one has a daughter, one has a son and neither one of them play sports, but they both got concussions and the the school district didn't really a hundred percent know how to deal with it because the kids couldn't, didn't want to go back to school because they couldn't think clearly. And wow. so then it gets into a tricky situation where, okay, well we, we not only have to educate the coaches and the medical staff, we have to educate teachers and, and the, the other academic people the principal, the vice principal, everybody to make sure that everybody's on the same page. Because if you go back to school too soon after a brain injury, it can actually cause it to, to get worse and last longer because you're trying to like strain to even, I mean, even texting is bad after a brain injury. You don't want to do that too soon. So it's, and everybody's different. So that's why it's kind of scary. But, uh, 
Yeah, it's uh, and in football, they're trying to do the things with the helmets and make them fancier and all this stuff. But I mean, just the fact that when you're moving fast, the whole property of inertia, if you're moving and then you stop really fast, it doesn't matter what's on the outside of your skull because your brain's going to keep sloshing around and, and hit the front of your skull and there's going to be in injuries. And it's not just football. There's, there's actually a lot of concussions in soccer and lacrosse and rugby and, and even equestrian events because you're riding a big horse and your helmet doesn't fit right and it decides to rear up and hit you in the face. Well, then there's a whole bunch of issues going on there too. So it's not just football. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So if you're going to leave something with a design new community so they could live their best life, what would your advice be? I would say take five minutes a day to focus on your breathing, deep breathe in through the nose, out through the mouth, and and think about what it is you really want out of life. Write it down and do everything you can. Get crystal, crystal clear on that and write it down every single day and take action on that every single day, some way, call somebody, email somebody, even if it's somebody you don't know, you have to take action because the universe likes it when you take action quickly, because it doesn't think it has to wait very long. You just got to just do it and just stay focused. And the quiet time is really important because when you start getting to your goals, you're going to get really busy and you still need to have that five minutes every time to kind of recharge the batteries and stay focused on what you really want. Nice. How can people get in touch with you? Uh, they can email me at, uh, drjohndewitt at gmail.com or they can go on the website, drjohndewitt.com. Anything else you want to leave us with? I, I have more exciting news. I, I don't even know if you're aware of this. I am going to be speaking at NASDAQ on April 30th. That's the big techie stock market exchange. I'm doing a presentation with my book on concussions and CTE and then July 14th, 15th, I'm going to be speaking in front of Harvard uh, talking about the concussions and stem cells as well because I'm working on a book about stem cells. That is fantastic. Congratulations. They're great audiences to have. Very, very excited. Yeah. And are you getting a lot of information like, and people interested because of the stem cell stuff that you're doing? Uh, yeah. Well, it's the concussion, but then, then it goes into the stem cell too. And, and it's like I said, it's just, it's perfect for me because I've played, since I played football, I had my friend that had all that, all those issues. And I was like, if he didn't, if he had a way to treat his ankle better, that healed it faster. And if his brain was a little healthier, then maybe none of that would have happened. And so I feel like that's why that's what's like driving me to, to keep doing this. And, um, yeah, I think I think that's very interesting and, and kind of popular in the news right now. Yeah, for sure. But it's interesting, I think, too, part of the beauty of when someone is driven, when you've got a purpose behind you like you obviously have, that's contagious. People see it. They can see your authenticity. They can see that you're really passionate about it and that you're working towards it. And so people, of course, want to hear what's going on and see someone who's taking a bit of action. Yep. So well done. Thank you. Thank you for your time today. It's been absolutely amazing, absolutely enlightening, and I look forward to seeing what happens with your clearing of the pineal gland. How long does that go on for, is it? Uh, well, that's the thing. I don't know. I've been doing it for a week, and uh, I'm actually – it's ironic because I was just on Instagram, and I posted a picture about how I was doing all this, and one of my other friends that is missing his left leg from the knee down – he said that after his injury, he had a lot of interesting consciousness things happening. And so I'm actually calling him right after I get off the phone because he wants to um, he wants to talk to me about what happened with him. So who knows? Ooh, okay. Well, keep me posted. I'm going to be following your Instagram to see what the answers to that are. That's okay. awesome. Thanks for your time, John. Thank you. 
A huge shout out to you for being here, for listening in, and being ready to step up to the drawing board. I honour your spirit and your openness to growth. If you have a mate who you think will benefit from hearing today's message, please share this episode with them. Another great way you can support us is to subscribe or to leave a five-star review in iTunes. These reviews really do assist us to raise the visibility of the Design You podcast and helps us to reach Design Newers from all walks of life. I really do appreciate the time it takes for you to do that. So thank you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Design You podcast. You'll find the show notes over at tinamurray.com. Can't wait to see what you create as you design it, communicate it, and live it.